Welcome in and glad to have you today. The uh, the Bill Michaels Show on the air. Good stuff on a Monday. What a weekend of football it was. What a weekend of football. Man, oh, man, oh, man. The, uh, the NFL did not disappoint this past weekend, I'll tell you that. Uh, it started out with the first game. San Francisco in Seattle. San Francisco, that was a game for a while, and then San Francisco just just kind of finally kind of took over. And then uh, after that, it was uh, pretty much all San Fran, and then after that, it was a bunch of exciting games. That game on Saturday night, Ben Kenny, I was thinking of you, man. I'm thinking, wow, down four touchdowns, a couple of extra points, uh, two-point conversions, field goals, everything. And back came the Jacksonville Jaguars. What a night that was for Jacksonville. And Doug Peterson. Ben Kenny, welcome to the show. Our Jaguars, Bill. I, it was unbelievable. I was out with a friend watching the first half, and he was checked out, didn't want to watch the second. I had belief, I must say, throughout the entire game. I thought they could still muster something. It was uh, It was impressive. It was impressive. I uh, Man, I was... I was stunned uh, to watch them go down 27 to 7. And I thought, this is pretty much it. It's not good. Uh, you come back, I, I think, you know what? You come back in the third quarter, you know, you can maybe make it uh, close. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, they get to the Jones six yard touchdown pass from uh, Trevor Lawrence, and he looked really good. And then they're just doing anything and everything they can. And Doug Peterson's calling an amazing game and doing things that are, instead of running up the gut, they're running them wide and things that weren't expected. And, you know, Doug Peterson got, I don't know if you saw uh, a Good Morning Football and Get Up this morning, but a lot of praise for Doug Peterson and the way he called that game. Man, oh, man, just, just a, a tremendous, tremendous uh, day yesterday. Or, excuse me, on Saturday for Doug Peterson and company. So it was it was it was just a lot of fun to watch, and then obviously you got the games yesterday, and the Buffalo Bills. I'll tell you this: the Bills. You know, I picked them to win it all at the beginning of the season. I thought the Bills were ready. I thought this is it. This is they're ready to do their thing, and uh, I I thought that they would be really good, but down the stretch they have faltered. Time and again, now they lost Von Miller. Their defense took a blow, and he ended up going down. They just never have seemed to recover from that uh, with about, uh, I don't know, six, seven games to go in the season. But uh, Josh Allen just turns the ball over. And if you want to be elite, consistently elite in this league, you can't do that. It's eventually going to cost you. And he turned it over again a couple of times uh, against the Dolphins. The Dolphins, had two have been there, I think it might have been a different outcome. But I give the Dolphins credit. I mean, early on they were down, and then you thought, uh-oh, this is, uh, this is, this is, this is going to be another one of those games where they're on the road, it's in the colder weather, although the sun came out. But I thought, you know, no way the Dolphins are going to come back. I gave the Dolphins a ton of credit. They came back and, and played some good football. And then, obviously, the uh, the games that were. And the Vikings going down to the Giants. You, uh, Dable was, is just so impressive. And Daniel Dable went to Daniel Jones at the beginning of the season. I remember reading this article in the New York Times where he went to him after game one. He, he, uh, Jones had thrown a pick. And he got in his face. And he said, all the things that they're saying about you are true if you continue to do this. And he said, so we're not going to do it anymore, are we? And and Daniel, uh, apparently Daniel Jones was kind of taken off guard and kind of looked at him like, what? what? And, and, and then he went, okay. And since then, Daniel Jones, for eight, nine games of the season, he just doesn't turn the ball over. 
And he played really, really well in that game against the Vikings. And the Vikings' defense proved to be, again, susceptible. And sure enough, they go down. But I'll tell you this, Cincinnati uh, better figure out again. We're sitting here again today going, Cincinnati has no offensive line. Now, granted, uh, Lau Collins and a couple others had gone down throughout the season. They lost uh, their big left tackle. They lost their guard. They lost their right tackle. So they, they're banged up. So I understand that. But their their backups, their their offensive line is again terrible. Joe Burrow, one of the most sacked quarterbacks uh, over the first two years uh, of fully years of his career, it's ridiculous. And he's just he's playing under pressure constantly. They did a good job. The Ravens did at trying to shut down Jamar Chase, and he wasn't going to get over the top on him. He did have a decent day, uh, kind of in the in the mediocre type of uh, passing game, but he wasn't going to get the big play over the top. And that Bengals defense that had come into this game so vaunted and all, oh, they were so high, and that was going to be the thing that leads them. You know, I had buddies of mine texting, you watch, you watch. I'm like, okay, tell me where it's at. They only gave up 17 points, but they gave up long drives, and when they needed to stop them the most, it, they didn't get it done. So, but until the end, when they punch the ball out and then finally get over the top and then they get, get a runaway touchdown and 24-17 the final there. But now you got the big one coming up tonight. Will this be? Tom Brady's last game ever. This is like must-see TV tonight, isn't it, Ben? Uh, yeah, uh, I look at it the other way. I say, is this Mike McCarthy's last game in Dallas? Or just even better, take Ooh. away take away whether they fire him or not. Is this the continuation of what has gone on my entire life of Cowboys teams just failing as soon as they get to the postseason? Yeah, that could be too. Good point. Good point. Big stuff coming up tonight. You got Dallas on the road in Tampa Bay. And then over the weekend, when we go into, uh, we were going into the weekend, and I was reading some stuff. I Now, I have to admit, I don't sit here, and I'm not, um, until the season really kind of gets going, I don't bury myself in Brewers stuff. I mean, I pay attention to it. I do watch for acquisitions and such, but it has been an offseason of yawn, okay? Just nothing. Just an offseason of complete yawn, and they haven't really spent money and done a whole lot. So then you, you know arbitration's coming up, and we're like, okay, no big deal. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll pay attention to it. And you start to watch what was unfolding as guys were being, you know, uh, obviously the Brewers were trying to avoid arbitration with numerous players. And you read, okay, you know, Brandon Woodruff, uh, they settle arbitration. And then you, you read what's going on with Corbin Burns. What the hell? Corbin Burns has arguably been the better better pitcher. We can all agree on that. Why are you uh, why are you lowballing your own guy like this? A Cy Young award winner. Why are you doing that? That the, the, the whole thing with the Brewers that is so frustrating, okay? This is a very frank, a very honest moment here. I love Brewers baseball. I love going to the games. I love being in the stands. I love sitting in the press box. I love the smell. I love everything about baseball. Always have, always will. And I have come to just enjoy going to the games. I don't get kind of high and low like I used to. I just enjoy going to Brewers games. So I'm thinking to myself, all right, you don't have much, but at least you got this pitching staff that everybody's going to be together for the next couple of years, and you can at least maybe catch lightning in a bottle with a player or two and then I'm reading, you know, they they come to a salary agreement with, you know, Rowdy Telez, four and a half million and this and that. And I'm thinking, okay, then you're going to get the pitchers done. You're going to pay a little bit more, but do the right thing. And you lowball Corbin Burns. 
You sat right there and told us, and Mark Antanasio sat right there. Did he not say, Ben, that when it came to the Juan Soto deal, that they were in on it and money was not the object? Yeah. Yeah, I think he watched some Brian Gutekind's post-trade deadline press conference film. Yeah, I, I never, he said, money was not the object. It was not going to be something that kept them from doing that deal. That's okay. We would get on that. Didn't he say all of that? Did Am I wrong? Did he say anywhere at any time, like, no, we're not in on that. We can't afford that. He never said any of that, right? Correct. Okay. So now you're lowballing your own guy, a Cy Young Award winner, a guy that has pitched his ass off? That's embarrassing. That's it. Did his company take a bath in the market to where he just now needs to scrape and pinch and save and, and just decipher all the money to a company or something? Is there some kind of mentality here like, well, we're small market, so we're just going to completely act like it? I, I, it, he said, Mark, somebody's got to come out and sit down in front of a microphone and explain this. Because Mark Atanasio himself, now when he sat with David Stearns years ago and going back to the Doug Melvin deal and said, look, guys, this is what we're going to do. We're going to tear it down. We're going to start kind of rebuilding this process. We're going to restock our farm system. We want to really grow and be successful for a sustainable period of time. I said to the, I said at the time to fans all over, I said, look, this sucks. I get it. But this guy's honest about it. He's sitting there saying, please help us. And fans responded. Fans came out and said, "We got your back. We got. We're still going to put two and a half million through the uh, through the turnstiles. We got your back. Okay, you go. Re- you do what you need to do. You continue to excite us. We'll spend our money. We'll come there. We'll be a part of this. We'll pay attention to everything that is Brewers because you're honest enough to say to us, it's not about the money, but it is about the money because we have to tear it down and do it the right way and build our infrastructure." Gotcha. Thumbs up. Let's wrap, you know, hug, chest bump. We're in, right? Now, just last year, it's not about the money. We can go after Juan Soto. Sure we could. Yeah, no big deal. No problem. Okay, so it's not about the money. You're being honest, right? Yeah, being honest. Okay. Now, you lowball your own guy in arbitration, a guy that you basically have been just capitalizing on, his ability in a really cheap contract over the last couple of years, and now you want to screw him? That's embarrassing. Don't lie to the fans. Mark Atanasio lied to the fans. He looked them right in the eye, and he gave you the middle finger. He raised all the prices and said, oh, by the way, it's not about the money. I am sick and tired of people that have the money saying it's not about the money when you know it's all about the money. Stop lying to fans. Because what you did is inexcusable. That's embarrassing. This is this is Mark Antanasio talking about the budget and the Juan Soto deal that they were in on. Mark, can you, you can you clarify? You actually picked up salary with these trades that you made, right? Yeah, the David deadline? can go through the math. Yes, and and there were there was no uh, any, any any player or. You know, I guess you could have put a group of players together, but and David can comment on that. But there was no, uh, there were no budget problems even with Juan Soto. No budget problems even with Juan Soto. That's his words. 
And now a guy that wins a Cy Young, you got him under this cheap-ass contract, now you want to lowball him? Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I can't wait to get down there and pay $12, $14, $16 a beer. Oh, by the way, $25 for a mixed drink. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. You kidding me? Man, that's embarrassing. Am I missing something here, Ben? Is there some kind of, like, bad blood where they hate him? Like he started killing cats outside the stadium? Or it was an inside job when he let the drunk ass that fell in the bushes in the back door so he could come in and rob the place? Is there something going on I don't know about? Well, maybe that's where the money... Maybe he had money for Burns, but the guy that, that snuck into the stadium, maybe that's what he took from from the office. Maybe that's what it was. Um, but no, I mean... I, I do accept the reality of small markets, but there also is a line you have to draw of a small market can still do the bare minimum or at least try. Um, and this is kind of the same thing that happened with Hader, right? They, they lowballed him during arbitration. He wasn't happy. You kind of figured he would go to the open market once he became a free agent because he didn't think they would pay him long term. It feels like a similar road they're going down with Burns, which is a, but it's a, like, a worse why? player to do it with. But it's like, why? Why? Why do you do this? It, 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 it's mind-boggling. It's you just have to be small market. You just have to act this way. You know, there's this level of honesty that you could just, we can appreciate. Like I said, when you came to the fans and you sat down, it was one of the best things ever, man. I applauded Mark Antanasio for that. And when people have ripped him, I've defended him. So in this whole scenario where people say, I can't believe you're coming down on him. No, 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 no. He has never, not once, ever, ever picked up the phone, ever got off his ass, ever shook my hand and said, thank you for saying what you've said about us and about the organization and supporting us through all the crap. When people were ripping him for not spending money doing this and doing that, I said, no, wait a minute, he did. Okay? But in this case, I'll rip the hell out of him. It, it's a garbage, it's, it's, a, it's a classless move. You know, there's people that have money that they tr- they're 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 penny pinchers. You know, you get it. You kind of have big business in mind, and they do things in a particular way. And then there's people that don't have a lot of money or have money, but do it in just this just kind of a cheap way. This is kind of the, a bad look. This is a bad look for the Brewers. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. So. Uh, I just wanted to get that out because uh, that's another thing we want to get into today. So today we've got all kinds of stuff uh, that we're going to chat about. We're going to obviously chat about the weekend. Uh, I want to get into that. I want to know, we got Matt Mitchell, our guy coming up. We're going to talk a little stock up and stock down today too. But Matt Mitchell, our betting guy, is going to be here, give some odds on the this afternoon. Also, early betting lines, Eagles, seven-point favorites going into the contest against the Giants next week. Ah, that that's right there. That, to me, is a game in which I'm going Giants and the points. Already, I'm going Giants and the points in that one. But stock up and stock down. We got Mike Clemens rounding out the show today. But in comparison, in comparison, I got to ask you a question. With what we saw, because we know everything circles back to the Packers. In comparison to what we saw yesterday and on Saturday, how far is Green Bay away from winning a title? How far is Green Bay away from winning the title? Because I think that's a reality. That's a look in the mirror type of moment. How far is Green Bay away from winning the title? 
Uh, don't forget, coming up on Wednesday night, we are going to be live and in person. We're going to be at the Root River Center in Franklin. Come on out and say hi. Looking forward to that. It's always fun going down there. Big place, too. Good place, big place. Going to be down there uh, coming up. Brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. They are the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Yes, I know the uh, live stream is down. Restream, uh, which is our streaming platform, having an issue today. So uh, they, uh, when I talked to them earlier this morning, they were uh, chatted with them. They were trying to get it up and running. We will see what, uh, what we can do to try to restart things, if indeed it will even start. But Restream, the actual platform itself that we stream off of, is, uh, is down right now. So hopefully we get it back up and running. But, uh, but that being said, until then, enjoy the program over the air. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Bill Michael Show on this Monday. A little bit of a rainy Monday. That's okay. Good to have you back. Continuing on. This hour brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Fella, they have uh, no interest until 2029. You've got to see how to uh, how to get that. Go to PellaWI.com. We'll talk more about it coming up here in just a little bit. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Again, 877-867-1670. You can find us and uh, give us a shout. The, uh, the, the pa- Over the weekend, what did I learn? What did I learn? I learned that the Packers... I've said it for years that there's just a a different level of tenacity at times. The defense started playing well, better towards the end of uh, towards the end of the season, and they started playing with that verve and such. It just it it didn't pan out in some of the some of the more needy moments, and the offense was pretty much inept uh, all season long. There wasn't uh, I I don't know how to put it, Uh, and, and this is from Theo. Theo says. Have you ever noticed the offense pretty much has the same demeanor of Aaron Rodgers? Walk around, always look angry, don't look like anything satisfying, don't look like they're together, like they're all afraid to talk to each other and or afraid to talk to Rodgers. I think Rodgers is the problem. As good as he is talent-wise, I think his attitude sucks. That's from Theo. Theo, appreciate the email. Um... I, boy, that's a great question. I, I, you look at a guy like Jalen Hurts; he's running all over the place and he's doing things, and and he can fire up his group. Justin Fields does the same thing. Then there's like you know Joe Cool, Joe Burrow, and he's just a he's he's just a, a hard nosed grunt. Joe Burrow is, you know, Josh Allen. Kind of the same thing. I mean, they're not real outspoken. Patrick Mahomes is a different personality. It's a more energizing personality, you know. Um, but I don't see a lot of quarterbacks. You know, Brock Purdy is certainly different. You know, but then again, you're talking about a guy that was irrelevant, so to speak. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know what to, I don't know what to make of that. I think it's too easy to say, well, Rodgers isn't fired up enough, so therefore Rodgers isn't that good. It's because of Rodgers. I I think it, you you can probably say there's more to Rodgers' game or lack thereof this season. But I also look at the shifts they had on the offensive line, the continuity issues. Uh, they don't have a lot of talent at the tight end position when it comes to pass catching. I think their offensive line did okay when it came to run blocking this year. As a matter of fact, the identity of the team kind of shifted in the, the latter portion of the year. 
but it's still not something that they, they're comfortable doing because they do like to put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands. So at times it looked like it was forced and they weren't. I mean, the play calling was just awful. Uh, this this latter portion of the season, it was just it was herky jerky. It was like once we're going to commit to the run, and, oh yeah, by the way, we got to put the ball in Aaron's hands, and then we're going to go downfield, and and we're going to throw deep when we don't have to, but we're going to because we can, and it, it just it I, it was just it was just really off, you know, off, and they didn't do a lot to support the defense this year either, the offense, so. Things have to work in conjunction. But I also, like I said at the beginning of the show, I am a huge believer in you have to win consistently in the trenches. And I just simply don't think they did that. Let's get back to the phone calls. Let's get back to the uh, phone calls. Let's go to Mike listening to us in Cudahy. Mike, how you doing, man? What's going on? Hey, how you doing, Bill, on this uh, Monday? I'm doing okay, man. Doing okay. What's up? Well, well you don't have to shovel rain anyway. Uh, All right. You know, I know. Thanks exactly. For my, thanks for taking my call. Um, I'll tell you something. It's not a knee-jerk reaction that we need to look at as far as plugging holes here and there with the Packers. I think uh, a couple things. Well, first of all, you know, that Vikings game that we saw, I'm, I want to preface all this stuff with this. It's like, yeah, the Vikings won the Central, or the North, I should say. And and at home, they're one and done. Sounds really familiar, doesn't it? The Packers mm-hmm. the last two years have had a really good record, and they're one and done. I think the problem with the Packers is that, first of all, I don't think LaFour should be calling the, the plays an offense anymore because he's not using the, the correct judgment in the, the certain situation that they've uh, been faced with. Right. I think a lot of the players, the underperformed, I don't think uh, they're not disciplined enough. And, you know, it's a mental game. I mean, look at all these games, Bill, that uh, the Packers shot themselves in the foot, you know, with the interceptions, um, fumbles, lack of third down um, conversions, and then the red zone, they were horrible. They used to be in the top third, probably in the bottom third now. They, you know, always coming away with three points instead of seven. Um, So I would say the offense just has to be more um, consistent and frequent with how they operated before. They were so so good. On defense, I think overall the rookies played really well. They just got to play more together they just need you know a little more um time under their belts special teams that was their achilles heel the last few years they did a lot better there so let's not do the knee-jerk reaction let's let's get somebody else calling the play as an offense um make sure rogers goes to the otas because look after 30 years two hall of fame quarterbacks uh two super bowls and what two divas that's pretty much it for 30 years and i think that Mm -hmm. Rodgers is so much older now, and you know what? You're, you're, you were right uh, in saying what you did last week. You've got to go more on what he's able to do with his experience and his knowledge rather than trying to put the whole team on his back like he did when he, when he won the Super Bowl. So I think there are only a few player, players away on all three phases of the game, Bill. Uh, great show today, and uh, thank you very much for taking my call again. Appreciate it, pal. Thanks so much. 877-867-1670, 877-867. 1670 if you want to find us do it uh, Dwayne says uh hey you know I think Aaron Rodgers has to take more blame than he's willing to he has to understand what his limitations are and what he can and cannot do I think it's also Matt LaFleur in the play calling that is giving Aaron Rodgers carte blanche to basically do what he wants now I I see I don't necessarily agree with that first of all we don't know behind closed doors totally but what we've heard publicly and what we've heard 
you know, as the eyes and ears so much, or so to speak, uh, you know, credentialed behind closed doors, is that Matt LaFleur is calling the plays. Make no mistake about it. Now, you get an either-or. It's not like he has carte blanche to run anything. You get an either-or, unless, of course, those plays are well, well, well guarded, and you just know they're not going to work. Then you can change things up. But I, I think that... And I said it before, I think that there there has been this level of, let's just call it what it is. I think there's this level of ass-kissing that's gone on from the head coach to the quarterback to make Aaron Rodgers happy. And I think it has, because it's just, it's it's not the functionality that's the same. You and I know it. A lot hasn't changed other than losing Devontae. And that's all they talked about, Devontae this, Devontae that. And my whole question is, if it's all about Devontae, Okay, Let, let's 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 be real here. Here we go. If it's all about the loss of Devontae, then they should have given Devontae fifty million and let Aaron Rodgers go. There, I said it. You know, the question always was: Is, is it Joe Montana or Jerry Rice? Well, they kind of made each other, right? We saw Devontae numbers wise; he had a pretty good season. That on a really bad football team. But if it's all about Devontae and 95 or 85 or whatever percent of the offense was going to run through Devontae and they needed Devontae to do this and Devontae to do that and Devontae to take the lid off and Devontae to open things up and Devontae to move the safeties, Devontae to be in one-on-one with over-the-top coverage and Devontae to open up the middle. of you know, If it was all about the Devontae should have got $50 million a year and the quarterback should have been let go. Because Gudikins used Devontae's name three or four times in his post-presser. We heard Matt LaFleur numerous times throughout the year use Devontae, and Aaron Rodgers talked about Devontae. This wasn't like a guy went on and we just have to figure it out. This was like a death, like the morning of a death. Oh, my God, he's not here. Oh, and then Christian Watson gave you a glimpse. We always knew, always knew he wasn't ever going to be Devontae, not in his first year. So let's keep it real. Right? That's all they kept talking about. Well, without Devontae, will you? Yeah, he was a, he's a hell of a player. He's a hell of a wide receiver. But in Kansas City, you you now I didn't listen to every Kansas City Chiefs, you know, presser, but in Kansas City, you didn't hear the bemoaning of Tariq Hill week in and week out. No. Not at all. What you saw was the, a, a team that basically went out and got the job done, right? They, they just went and got it done. I, I <laughs> What do you want to say? Patrick Mahomes threw for 5,250 yards. There was nobody even close to him, and he lost Tariq Hill. Now, he's still got good weapons around him, so to speak, with with the uh, the tight end position specifically that he has, right? You got Travis Kelsey. You got something going on over there. But you had Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Juju Smith-Schuster. They took a flyer on him. Uh, McCole Hardman, Sky Moore. I'm, I'm missing a couple. I can't remember. They picked up uh, somebody from the Giants. I Tony. Kadarius Tony. Uh, oh, that's right. Kadarius Tony. Kadarius but a bunch Tony. of them were banged up all season, too. And, right. They had Justin Watson sti- out there. Right. And he still threw for 5,200 yards. And and by the way, 
The next highest uh, when it came to yardage was Justin Herbert this year, who threw for 4,739 yards. 500, 511 yards more Patrick Mahomes threw for. So I don't want to hear this thing about, oh, my God, oh, oh, Devontae. Stop it. You acted like he died. Devontae wanted out. Maybe it's just that's the difference, how good a quarterback and head coach calling plays are together. And Eric Bieniemy deserves a lot of credit. We talk about Andy Reid all the time. But Eric Bieniemy calling the plays. But maybe that's just how good Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are versus Matt LaFleur and the aging Aaron Rodgers. Call it what it is. Be honest about it. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Maybe I'm wrong. But let me let me back up here for a second. I'm not killing Aaron Rodgers. What I'm saying is you got to just use things differently. You got to look differently. I I still think Rodgers gives you the best chance to win. I I'll stand by that. But some of the things that they did, some of the play calls they had were just inexplicable. And by the way, uh, I remember last week uh, when I was talking about Shotgun, I was watching and listening to uh, Pac Fan over on the uh, the Bud Light live stream. Said, "Watch it this weekend." I, I did watch. I did watch at times where plays that were called were run out of shotgun, especially in goal to go situations that failed continuously. And I did watch Joe Burrow under center. I did watch Josh Allen under center. I did watch um, Daniel Jones under center. I watched the teams that that they were under center more than not. Now, moving the football back and forth between the 20s, it was kind of a 50-50 type of mix. But I watched those guys under center more. And more play calling where they were trying to open up the middle. They were trying to throw, you know, eight, nine-yard outs across the middle crossing patterns. Or... You know, get guys open just on the outside. Get it to their players and let their players do something with it. Break a tackle. Make a move. Rather than just downfield. I don't think we saw too many downfield shots the entire weekend, did we? Ben, do you recall a whole bunch of downfield shots over the weekend? It was game to game. Uh, the, yeah, Bills, it was, it, the Bills went nuts. They were trying to hit on everything. But right. the, the Ravens obviously did not because who they had a quarterback. I, I just... I. I Right. The Ravens didn't. They uh, The only time they really threw anything more than 20 yards downfield was when they were trying to win the ball game, And that still almost succeeded, or at least tie it up, I should say. But you didn't see a lot of downfield shots, even out of the Vikings, who have one of the better downfield pass catchers in Justin Jefferson. You didn't see a lot of that. I think that also could be a, a defense like the Giants. And yes, they're aggressive, but defenses across the league are, are sagging back. They're not they're doing anything to not allow those plays. They're not allowing those plays, and we saw pressure yesterday. We saw four- and five-man rush consistently. Consistently yesterday. Didn't see a whole lot of just three-man rush up front. And you didn't see a whole lot of one-down linemen and just a bunch of outside backers. What you saw was three- and four-man fronts, and every now and they'd bring five. Sometimes they'd bring six. But it was basically four-man rush and getting home. And that's another aspect of what I was saying before is the offensive line needs to be better. They need to be better because, you know, Rodgers still gets rid of the ball, 
but he doesn't do it as, say, Brady, as quickly as Brady does on a consistent basis. The only other guy that couldn't get downfield was because he was under siege was Joe Burrow last night watching that game. That offensive line couldn't keep him upright. And I thought had, uh, quite frankly, had Baltimore tied it up, I think Baltimore wins that game. Because to that point, uh, the two, three long drives by Baltimore, Cincinnati's team, Cincinnati's D couldn't get off the field until they got them to commit a turnover. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670, hit us up. Stay tuned, got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show again. Friends of Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. All you got to do is check it out. Go to PellaWI.com. Get some of the best windows and doors that are on the market and the chosen choice, the chosen one. By many of the homeowners, the majority of the homeowners here in the state of Wisconsin, they go to Pella because they know the value, they know the quality, but more so, they also know it's going to add a lot of value to their home, to their home. The economical factor to their homes, you know, also a big portion of this, but the operability, which uh, the ease of operation is fantastic, whether it's your doors, whether it's your windows, different uh, types of interiors, exteriors, roll screens, slider windows, they have so many different innovations, they're fantastic, but right now, through the end of the month, and you can get that in-home consultation all uh, dialed in, faux free, by the way. Right now, you can get financing should you decide to go with Pella through 2029. Yeah, no interest finance. Good stuff from our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com, or call them 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.